I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and only a couple more days, everyone, until the Super Bowl. We have a lot of reporters down in Miami. Yesterday, we were talking about the pregame festivities, but now we're going to throw it to our team to talk about the game itself. Hi, this is Ann Killian, and I'm here with Eric Branch, and we are in Miami for Super Bowl 54, which is finally going to happen on Sunday. How you doing, Eric? How you holding up? We're doing well. You know, we had our last player and coach interviews uh, today, so um, the next two days are dark as far as that goes, and we won't see them again until uh, the big game. Um, but yeah, there's been uh, you know tons of content, and we are uh, winding down as far as our, our final stories. We'll have a big uh, special section for Sunday. Um, I think we broke them. I think that, um, actually, I think they broke us. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> At the end of the interview session, the final interview session, reporters had nothing left to ask, and the, and the uh, 49ers were cheerfully still sitting in their seats <laughs> waiting to be asked questions. They, they totally broke us. Well, yeah, it's funny if you compare like the crowd around Richard Sherman, say, Monday, uh, which was, you know, what, 27 deep. And then yeah. today you had like a few stragglers, like we're out of questions. Yeah, it it is kind of funny because these guys, um, and it's really a test for them, I think. They have to talk for so long uh, for Monday, Tuesday, for four days. And then they get a, we get a break from them, they get a break from us, and we don't see them again until after the Super Bowl. So let's yeah. talk about the game. Yes. At Joe Robbie Stadium, this will be the third Super Bowl. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, well, you're whatever they're your, calling you're it. Your age. <laughs> Sorry, whatever they're calling it this this month. Um, this is the third Super Bowl that the 49ers have played at this stadium, and they've won their previous two. One 25 years ago. That was their fifth Super Bowl, and maybe their most exciting Super Bowl in uh, the great John Taylor, uh, John Candy, Joe Montana last minute win. Super Bowl, which, you know, has got to be one of the most memorable. Yeah, that was, it was kind of a snoozer up until, well, you know, <laughs> things got very exciting uh, with that legendary uh, final drive uh, by Joe Montana. And then um, Joe Montana's shadow had loomed over the great Steve Young until the monkey got off the back with their uh, obliteration of the poor San Diego Chargers. And that really, truly was a snoozer. Yeah. <laughs> I was there, as I wrote about earlier this week, with my one-month-old baby. And, um, yeah, that was uh, – and that, of course, you know, was the end of the dynasty. That was right. it. You know, they never got back. Um, and Steve Young spoke to the team this year, I think, uh, before the Rams game, and said, look, savor this because – you don't know when it's going to come around again. And that team, you know, the 49ers, after that Super Bowl, they were competitive for a few years, and then they just completely lost their way. Yes, leading us to Sunday, where maybe for the first time in 25 years, they will have a Super Bowl title. You know, we just celebrated the anniversary of that of that last win Wednesday. And, of, of course, there are historical ties with, you know, Mike Shanahan being that team's offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan being the ball boy, being standing on the, on the side, sideline with his sideline. with his dad saying, "Don't talk to anyone." Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't bother anyone. <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan ignoring those orders. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, and I mean, as far as uh, Kyle Shanahan's, uh, you know, big weapon, one of them, Jimmy G, um, 
there's been a lot of talk around him. A, a national narrative has formed this week. Uh, I know you wrote about that. What are your thoughts on, on Garoppolo and Shanahan's trust in him? Well, I think it's kind of funny because the national narrative is that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just really, he's kind of who Kyle Shanahan settled for. And um, really, uh, he doesn't trust him. All he does is run, run the ball. He doesn't want the, to let his quarterback throw. Um, if he only had foresight, he would have drafted Mahomes in 2017. You know, that's kind of this ongoing questioning of Garoppolo. And I think the thing that I've really seen this in the last couple of weeks during this playoff run more than maybe, maybe you'd seen it cause you're with the team every day, but really they have articulated both Kyle and Jimmy, um, this kind of bond they have. And it's a very, um, it's cool because it's not the normal story of, you know, genius offensive coach finds his guy, drafts him, and develops him. It's almost pure happenstance. It happened through the goodwill of Bill Belichick, and I can't believe I just uttered that phrase, <laughs> right, because that's not something we hear about. But, you know, Jimmy kind of fell into Kyle's lap. Kyle wasn't sure he wanted him in his lap, and yet he – in that six-week period at the end of 2017, he totally earned his faith and belief that he was going to be the guy. Then, of course, he blows out his knee. They have a lost season. Uh, a year ago, Garoppolo didn't know if he was, you know, what he he was learning. He, like he said today, he was learning how to run again a year ago from this point. And, um, and so he comes back, and, you know, I don't think any of us really knew what kind of a quarterback he was going to be. Um, was he going to be able to run the offense? Was he going to be able to run? Was he going to be able to function? Um, and he's been not only done whatever has been needed to be done, whether it be winning a game in the muck in Washington, winning a shootout against a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees, uh, handing the ball off, um, you know, throwing just eight passes. I mean, he's done all of it and really – without ego, without complaint, um, and kind of in, in a lot of ways, he's kind of Kyle Shanahan's perfect quarterback, I think, because he trusts Shanahan. He doesn't have a huge ego. He's a great teammate and he just kind of wants to get the job done. Yeah, I know. I, I think part of like the national narrative you spoke about is that, um, you know, our attention spans are so short. So all, all anyone can focus on is eight pass attempts in the NFC championship game. And so there's one quarterback in the NFL this year that ranked in the top five in touchdown passes, completion percentage and yards per attempt, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he had statistically one of the best seasons in 49er franchise history for a quarterback. And, but it's like, Eight pass attempts. <laughs> we saw him only throw eight passes. Right. Meanwhile, they were running for like 872 yards against the Packers. <laughs> exactly. Like Kyle said, like, did you see how good we were running the ball? Right, right. I mean, like, why would you stop? Because, as and Jimmy said this too, it's so demoralizing to a team. If you just hand the ball up and, and you know, Raheem Mostert, who nobody knew about until three weeks ago, like just burst through for eight yards at a pop. That crushes a team's soul. Right. And the, the fact that Jimmy's completely good with it, and there are some quarterbacks in the league, known, I will not name any, who would not be good with it. They would right. be bitter about it. And, you know, they might say the right thing, but internally they would be kind of pissed. And I don't, I don't get that from him at all. I get the fact 
that he wants to win. He is in this situation and he's like, whatever it takes. Yeah, I think so. I, in talking to Joe Staley, uh, I guess it was last week now, but anyway, he, he made an interesting point and it was, he was talking about the kind of the team unity you, you had mentioned it, you know, where does it come from? And, um, you know, you kind of pointed to the fact, um, you know, Garoppolo has thrown 27 passes in two playoff games. George Kittle has, I think the numbers are four catches for 35 yards in two playoff games. Those are their, you know, their stars. <laughs> yes. And his point was they could not care less. Kittle is thrilled to be run blocking. Garoppolo was thrilled to be handing the ball off as long as they got to the Super Bowl, which they did. I'm old enough to remember a 49ers team where a very famous Hall of Fame player would bitterly complain in the locker room afterwards if he did not catch a whole lot of balls, no matter how big the victory was. So, I mean, I, it's kind of refreshing. They are, um, they, I don't think anyone has a lot of ego. And, and I do think when when you're, bazillion dollar handsome as anything quarterback you know super star of the team is actually like that too that goes a long way for just it sets the tone for everyone because you know jimmy's getting the huge contract he's jimmy garoppolo for goodness sakes he's jimmy gq and and he just doesn't seem to have an ego he doesn't seem to he's just kind of one of the guys you know he was the high school linebacker son of electrician all that kind of you know fodder for his his homespun story, but he kind of acts that way. Yeah, he does. I mean, I wrote a story about this in the Chronicle. Go check it out. Um, <laughs> SFChronicle.com. <laughs> SFChronicle.com. Humble Jimmy G. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure you know. Maybe we get a little carried away. There was a date with a porn star. I do think he has a has uh, endorsed like a luxury automobile. Um, but I mean, that doesn't really speak to his character per se. And I do think it is genuine and, and legitimate. Um, and you know, cause that, that, that's guy, you look at him and it is an NFL quarterback on, on top of the way he looks. And, you know, you would think it would be hard to keep that ego in check. Um, but you know, in talking to like a guy like Daniel Helm, who is, might be the 53rd guy on the, on the roster, um, undrafted rookie was on the practice squad, just got promoted. And he was like talk, talking about how, Jimmy G came to him when he was on the scout team, you know, in practice recently, showed him how to run a route, you know, a little, a little better way. That's not like helping, you know, necessarily Garoppolo. He doesn't have to do that. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to throw to Daniel Helm in the Super Bowl. Okay. So it's not helping Garoppolo. It's not like he's, you know, so anyway, it just spoke to the fact, you know, that he's just trying to help the guy out just to help the guy out. And, and you know, he, he said, you know, Usually a guy like that is not going to be dealing with a guy like me. Um, so anyway. You're listening to the Chronicles sports team on the ground in Miami covering the Super Bowl. We'll be right back after this. So Eric, let's talk about what you wrote about, which is the defense against Patrick Mahomes. And by far and away, Patrick Mahomes has been the biggest star this week. And rightly so. I mean, he's, he's 24 years old. Uh, he took his team in his first year as a starter to the AFC Championship game. Probably should have gone to the Super Bowl if the NFL rules were different, and he could have gotten a his hands on the ball in overtime. And you know, D four didn't get called for a penalty, but um, and and then you know, in his second year as a starter, he he takes his team to the Super Bowl. He's he's incredibly poised both on the field 
and this week off the field, you know, in in the bright spotlight. Um, but he's going to face a pretty good defense. What do you think? Well, if you look at NFL history, I mean, you can spin it both ways, but I think it's really notable. Uh, the team that scored the most points in NFL history was the 2013 Broncos, and they got demolished uh, by the Seahawks uh, in Super Bowl 43-8. The team that scored the second most points in NFL history is the 2007 uh, Patriots. They got beaten in the Super Bowl 17-14. The Giants, who had a, uh, just a, a withering pass rush led by like Michael Strahan, a Hall of Famer, um, so that's the matchup. It's Patrick Mahomes and can the 49ers with their four uh, defensive linemen, all first round picks, all very good. We're talking about Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and D Ford. Can they get to Patrick Mahomes and at least affect him? I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw for 92 yards and three interceptions, but can they affect him enough? Um, to at least slow him down um, without having to blitz, because that's been a you know the key for the 49ers defense is they can just rush four guys and then they can play coverage. And they led the NFL in, in you know fewest passing yards allowed. In fact, they they allowed the fewest passing yards since 2009. Um, so that's going to be key. But you know then you think, oh okay, well they got this. Uh, <laughs> but then you start talking to the Chiefs. And they still seem to be in awe. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes has now started, you know, 31 games in his career. But, you know, the Chiefs offensive players and talking to some of them this week, they're just like, you know, some of them unprompted. Um, you know, some of them are asked like, okay, what is your favorite Patrick Mahomes pass? But some of them just bring it up. So uh, among uh, the candidates for their, you know, I guess the best or craziest Patrick Mahomes pass is what they call his no-look pass, is what they call his left-handed pass. Uh, their, their running back said just in practice the other day, Mahomes asked him to just go streak down the sideline, close his eyes, and hold out his hands. And he <laughs> said, I'm going to throw the ball to you. And he said the ball landed. You know, and I mean, so it's this type of stuff like, right. is he for real? You know, he's, he's the incredible magic quarterback. So um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting. He really has not been you know, truly like just completely – shut down in his career. Right. What do you think that, um, you know, the, the story this week has been, well, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray posed the biggest problems for this really great 49ers defensive front. And do you think that's relevant? Do you think that um, how they did against those guys could be an indication of what Mahomes might be able to do to them? Yeah, because I think a guy like that – Kyler Murray, and that's just a rookie, but he is uh, uh, he, he is very, very tough to contain. And he had a lot of success, you know, in his first few starts in the NFL against that defense. And Russell Wilson, um, you know, obviously he, he could have gone 2-0 and against the Niners if not for uh, Dre Greenlaw's uh, game-saving tackle. Um, so that has been the key. I mean, guys like Kirk Cousins that can't move, Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of at a point where he's not as nimble. I mean, that you know, they were completely harassed and contained. Um, so it, um, I asked Jimmy, name dropping, but I asked Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson. Uh, but it, <laughs> so, the, but this week I, 
I did ask Jimmy Johnson, like, who has the edge here? You know, is it, is it Mahomes or is it the defense? Now, Jimmy Johnson uh, is a former defense coordinator. He has a defensive background. He says, normally if I'm picking a game, I look at who has the best defense. I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, uh, but then I always look at who has the best quarterback. And he's like, so I'm in a bit of a quandary. <laughs> and he said, Mahomes gets rid of the ball so fast. Um that, you know, that could really neutralize, you know, that defense. And that has is borne out, you know, this year as far as quarterbacks that can, you know, get out of the pocket and, you know, as they say, make off-schedule plays, um, you know, have had decent success against one of the best defenses, um, you know, in the NFL. So are you going to make a prediction? Yes. Um, I, I was on a radio show. So why would I change the prediction I made from that radio show? If I can just remember what I said, um, I think it is Chiefs 37, 49ers 33. This is going to have, um, for those who were uh, fortunate enough to watch the Saints 49ers game, it'll have that, that kind of entertaining kind of back and forth. Uh, I think everyone would love a game like that. Of course, our listenership would prefer that you would reverse those <laughs> scores and say the 49ers. I think I picked for someone who asked, uh, I said 42 to 40, um, oh, 49ers, man. but I was just doing that to think of my own entertainment. Really? <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a toss up. I mean, it's hard. To, predictions are silly. It's hard to make a prediction. I, I notice, you know, watching the NFL network being around, um, all these guys, uh, this week in the, in the media center and the media places, uh, most people are picking the Chiefs, but uh, who knows? What I re- what I really like about this is that there is not like the Patriots and then a team that hasn't been there. I mean, these teams, neither team has experience or very much experience in the Super Bowl. They really don't know what they're up against in terms of the stage and the spotlight. And um, I just think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really well matched, competitive and potentially very fun game. And Absolutely. look at me, it's going to be six to three, right? <laughs> or it's going to be 43 to eight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dreadful. <laughs> what do you think it mean would mean for the 49ers to um, get that quest for six and get that sixth trophy? Well, you, I mean, just historically and like who's the greatest franchise, you know, that discussion, um, you know, I believe they would tie the Steelers and Cowboys with, with six. Not your Cowboys, sorry. Oh. They would tie the Steelers and the Patriots. I'm glad. I'm glad we have an expert here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Sorry, you. pal. <laughs> yes, for those, um, I guess I'll out myself. I grew up as a Cowboy fan. I've long saw, since lost my allegiance, and I just root for good stories. Um, <laughs> but yes, that was maybe showing my <laughs> former Cowboy fandom. All right, yes. So they were tied the Steelers and the Patriots. Um, and, you know, they'd be 6-1 and one, um, in Super Bowls, uh, you know. Not Which bad, would be better yeah. than the Patriots. Right. Not yeah. a bad track record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the next time we talk, we, uh, well, we'll, we'll be talking since we're here in Miami together, but talk <laughs> on microphones in a podcast. Uh, it will be after the game. So um, I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl. And uh, thanks for listening. This is Ann Killian. And Eric Branch, and we pledge to revisit our predictions and see how off we were. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our team in Miami that's covering the Super Bowl. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. 
you can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 